Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, he. Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. See ya, senor. It is a dimly lit room where deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound and hair, buddy. On this Tuesday, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. It keeps moving. What's the name of Hunter Biden's old uh, partner? Devin Archer. Devin Archer. Okay, here, now I'm ready. Devin Archer, or not, or maybe in a week, or not. What does that mean? Well, he keeps saying he's going to testify, then keeps postponing it. I think he just did again. Now they're talking about next week, maybe? Yeah, 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 yeah. Huh, does that give you cold feet on this story? Um, I have a feeling, given the weight of the charges against him for, like, bond fraud or something like that, that there are rather complex legal wranglings going on. Mm. He and his attorneys want to make sure. They want to make absolutely sure he's not going to, you know, tie a noose and put it around his neck in front of Congress. Gotcha. So that's exciting. Which is going more likely to kill me, the heat from global warming or the uh, uh, the annoyance of the stories about the heat from global warming driving me insane so I jump off a building? I think uh, I think the latter for me. It's neck and sweaty neck. Really? <laughs> I just can't take any more stories about the heat where they interview somebody on the street. I never I remember ever being this hot. And my little children can't stop crying. It's so hot. Just never ending man on the street interviews about the heat my god the heat and then the headlines in various publications scientists now certain climate change is driving the current heat wave okay okay even even if it is even if it's 100 percent man-made and uh damn it i should do something about it 
get to that conversation. <laughs> what are we going to do? Or should, what policy should it be or not? I can't do any more. This sidewalk is this hot. Or this town is... the I, Yeah, okay, we get it. It's hot. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get. It. I, I fully get it. It's hot. Here's a story, though, a policy story about it that uh, I heard. And just because I have some anecdotal evidence, I thought I would throw that at... So OSHA is looking at doing to the entire country what California and a couple other places have already done. California has made it impossible for you to do business uh, on hot days if you're, like, running a construction site or something like that. And they want to do that to the whole country. And, uh, of course, it's presented in uh, big government media as just obviously a good thing for the workers or whatever, even though it's not like people been dying left and right from heat over the many, many years of working outside. I worked outside for a long time. I don't remember one person ever even, like, getting woozy yeah. working out in p- above 100-degree days all day every single day. Just whatever. But uh, uh, I was talking to a construction guy one time when I was going to do some stuff on my house, and he said, if these regulations go through the way they're proposing, I would have to get here a full hour and a half earlier than I normally do to set up the cooling tent and the uh, water and then the ways to measure the temperature of the water and have somebody here with a clipboard to count the gallons of water per employee per hour and blah, 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 and then fill out all the paperwork and all that sort of stuff. And nobody ever recognizes the fact that that is either going to, well, it's probably going to be a combination of all these things, delay your project getting done, add to the cost of anything you're going to get done to your house. So you're you're making it way more expensive for the you know sure. homeowner, consumer, whoever's building a building or whatever. That never gets thrown in there. All this stuff just magically occurs for free, apparently. Or they're going to have to pay their employees less or cut an employee or two. There is a great, great deal of progressive policy, which is uh, responsible for driving housing prices through the roof. And then progressive America howls that housing prices are through the roof. And what can be done about it? Let's take more taxpayers' money from them and give it to the poor, unfortunate folks who we've made poor and unfortunate. If you if you have to spend 90 minutes setting up your cooling tent and then tearing it down at the end of the day every single day, something that never existed before and everything was fine, obviously right. stuff's going to cost more, employees are going to uh, are going to get paid less, the project is going to last longer, all those things are going to happen. Maybe you think that's a good idea, but you ought to throw that into the conversation cuz that's going to happen. Yes, Michael. We just had some work done on the house constructors Construction workers came for 12 hours. They had an ice chest full of cold drinks and a garden hose, and they were perfectly happy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. You mean they just, on their own, yep. took care of having their cold own. drinks available on a hot day, and it wasn't through a government mandate? I just don't get that. I don't know. What? Ah, I'm astounded. I assume under the new regs, you have to have a nurse on hand to do a urinalysis of everybody <laughs> as they pee to make sure they're properly hydrated. Oh, God, this this guy who ran a construction crew, this was several years ago when the regulations had just hit in California, was going through all the things that he was going to have to do, and it sounded just oh. like a nightmare. You know, and you're a person that, that came up in the world swinging a hammer, and that's what you like to do and what you're good at, and now all of a sudden you've got the clipboard of regulations, the, the cooling tent you've got to set up to meet the government person that comes by. Uh, you know, three times a week randomly to check on you. Got to hire a compliance manager. Uh, a couple of things. Right. On the a construction worker thing. I think it's worth noting that this is not a, a movement of hot and thirsty construction workers who came forward and Good chanted point. and marched and lobbied. It's just people offended or concerned on their behalf. Excellent point. And, and the second thought is kind of unrelated, but I was watching the British Open over the weekend, formerly known as the 
Open Championship. Uh, congratulations to Brian Harmon. Anyway, they had some shots of the uh, the Liverpool seaside there in northern England. The beautiful sea and the beaches and the bluffs and the rest of it. And they had one shot on, uh, I guess it was NBC, uh, out to the sea. And there were 75, maybe, giant windmills in the ocean. And it was one of the ugliest, most disfiguring, disgusting things I've ever seen. I can't believe the people of England agreed to it. It's it's macabre. It's like you're it's like you're watching the landscape being murdered. It's so ugly. And that's going to save us from the global warming. And that's in the name of the environment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so ugly. Interesting. Oh, uh, we should start the show officially, guess, cuz we're off. Here we are half cocked if not one quarter cocked. Um, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Tuesday, July 25th. They're taking up arms against the sea of troubles. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. I ever tell you my, my great idea for solar power? Solar panels on the sun. Whew. How much power would they generate? A lot, I'm guessing. A visionary. And I a know. long Thank you extension cord. Okay, all right. Let's begin the show officially now, according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go. The show begins at Mark. I've been asked this question a million times. The answer is not going to change. The answer remains the same. The president ha- was never in business with his son. I just don't have anything else to add. No, wait, wait, the, the answer is never going to change. Wait a minute. <laughs> it well, already has, my dear. If you don't know that story, stay tuned. We'll get into it in full at the bottom. It is really something, really something. And the fact that... Most media ignored that is amazing. So if you didn't catch that, stay tuned. I'm seeing a breaking news. Ron DeSantis has been in a car wreck. The governor oh of Florida is said to be unhurt. So his campaign's been a bit of a car wreck as well, coincidentally. Yeah, he might have been thinking, can I be a little hurt? Uh, uh, my back, please vote for this. It's my last chance. I have kids. <laughs> Something. <laughs> I'm glad everybody's okay. Right, sure. Well, said he's okay. We don't know everybody else is okay. I hope everybody's okay. Me too. Um. So, yeah, news to get to. How does mailbag look? I've answered this question a million times, and the answer hasn't changed. It's outstanding. <laughs> Cleverly wrought. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, so that's on the way in our phone. Our text line is not our phone line. We don't want to talk to you. Oh, our, text, no, no. our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Putin continues to demonstrate he's one of the most evil people on planet Earth, bombing food storage relentlessly. More on that later. Speaking of warfare, a lot of uh, military-related freedom-loving quote of the day and mailbag. Stay with us. Of course, you're already here. This is a great little uh, freedom-loving quote of the day sent along by Janice. Um, It's it's from the book The Pleasure of Finding Things Out by Richard Feynman, who is a physicist and a fascinating guy uh, who worked on the atomic bomb with uh, Oppenheimer, Mm. actually. Um. And uh, here's the quote from Chapter 6, which is titled The Value of Science. The subtitle is, of all its many values, the greatest must be the freedom to doubt. How have we seen that swept aside in recent days? To even ask questions of quote-unquote science is seen as as, 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 as heresy and, and evil. You must be silenced. No asking questions. Wow. Wow. Strange times. Mailbag. Woo woo. Uh, uh, Paul, one of uh, quite a few people to say roughly the same thing about the discussion of my brother's retirement uh, ceremony yesterday during the show. He says, that was a special segment for me. My father served in WW2. You thought you might start blubbering. Well, you made me start blubbering for the first time about the subject in 15 years. Thank you. Well done indeed. Well, thank you for saying so, Paul. Yeah, evidently. And it's interesting. Uh, quite a number of guys said they're tearing up a great deal. And and fewer women. And I thought that was kind of interesting. I don't want to get off too far on the tangent. But there is something about bravely fulfilling your duty that really touches guys emotionally. That's an Men interesting are, one. Are are built 
emotionally differently than women. Thank yeah. God. The things Thank that, God. That's true. The things that get to guys is different than the things that get to girls. It's a, That's an interesting one. I don't think I've ever heard anybody really discuss that. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was in, intriguing. Anyway, moving along, uh, at least briefly, uh, this is a sign sad for our California kids. I am a teacher in California and must do mandated reporter training each year. It's very emotionally difficult to complete. This is where you get educated to, as to what child abuse looks like, what neglect looks like, what sexual exploitation looks like, so that you as a teacher can alert the authorities when you see the signs. Uh, sad writes, I was struck by the definition of child sexual exploitation, which includes exposing oneself to a minor. How is this different from young girls being forced to allow transgender boys and men in girls' locker rooms and bathrooms? It's not. It's a crime. It's a crime and a perversion. It always has been. Moving along. Uh, Steve, on the A-bomb debate, the use of the atomic bomb. Boy, did we get a lot of uh, notes on that with the movie Oppenheimer out. People are talking about it anew. Yeah, and I'm uh, I'm full into the biography now that the movie is based on. It's uh, I'm fascinated. Good book, huh? Oh, yeah. yeah well, it won the Pulitzer yeah. Prize several years ago. Mm. Uh, so Steve writes, uh, why is this even a debate whether or not we should have dropped the atomic bomb on, Imperi- on Imperial Japan? Happened decades ago. It's history. It's already in the books. You can't take it back. You can't interpret the actions in 1945 based on current sentiments. But then, ironically, he goes ahead and does that very thing. The <laughs> rationale behind it was to save us from having to mount a land invasion of the Japanese islands where the Allies expected to sustain one million casualties. You want to debate nuclear weapons? Debate on what we do about them now. Mm. I thought that was kind of a good take. Uh, Nick, as part of my military education, I learned quite a bit about WW2, and one that really struck me- with me was the firebombing campaign against Japan. Before we dropped the A-bomb, we had firebombed 65 Japanese cities at a cost of upwards of 900,000 casualties. Japan was annihilated and starving to death and still refused to capitulate. It little- literally took the A-bombs and about 200,000 casualties to finally change their minds. Nothing short of extreme was going to convince that society an uncomfortable truth but a truth and somehow i had become convinced i guess by listening to people who want this to be true that robert oppenheimer spent the rest of his life regretting that he had ever done that and wishing we hadn't dropped the bomb that is absolutely not true it's just flat not true um Mm -hmm. as pointed out in the movie and uh, i was watching an interview last night it's on youtube that he did in 1965 on the 20-year anniversary looked like he was Sounded like he was talking to a young Mike Wallace on CBS News uh, of 60 Minutes fame, but he was clearly ambivalent about it, but not at all hardcore. I wish I hadn't done that. I wish we hadn't done that. He he was making the argument that it would have cost more lives. The, the, the information at the time was what it would have cost more lives. But he seemed to be, you know, kind of a little of this, a little of that, but... Any any history teacher or any movement to claim that he regretted doing it and wished he hadn't is just flat out wrong. Yeah, he was fundamentally involved in unleashing a horror on Earth, an absolutely necessary horror, given the Nazis and Soviets attempts to develop those weapons. Anyway, uh, let's see. Tom in SoCal writes, uh, same topic. Uh, many people forget that we dropped the first bomb on August the 6th. They did not surrender. We dropped the second on August 9th, and they still didn't surrender until August 15th. People making the argument that we shouldn't have dropped the bombs often forget to mention or don't know that both Nazi Germany and Imperial Japan were also trying to build nuclear weapons. Do you think either one of those fascist and totalitarian regimes would have hesitated to use them on us? I just hope no one ever uses them again. 
and the whatever you call him king like figure Hirohito, he was for surrendering the um of the, the, the democratic panel of uh, high ups and generals didn't want to surrender and even considered a coup against Hirohito to be able to continue to the, the, the war it was a close vote as to whether or not they were going to agree with the idea of surrendering after the second bomb hmm. i didn't know that fight- Final note from Mike. He says, my father was a young naval officer aboard an aircraft carrier in WW2. He told me that when he heard the news of the Imperial Japanese government surrendering, he felt as though he'd been born again, had a second birthday, meaning he knew he was going to live. Um, And he goes into the history of the aircraft carriers, uh, right in the bullseyes of kamikazes and uh, horrific attacks, so many lost at sea. And he mentions that his dad made the best of his, his second chance at life and had a great life. Thanks for the note, Mike. Really nice. Got some really good Ron DeSantis emails, too, but no time. Maybe a little bit later on. Yeah, and so the whole Hunter Biden story, which is absolutely 100% a real story, a real possible scandal that is at the level that every news outlet should be talking about it, is still not being talked about uh, by practically anybody other than the New York Post and Fox. But a question did come up, I think, from a Fox journalist in the White House briefing room yesterday about it, and uh, we'll have to play that for you coming up, KJP's answer. It's like the New York Times and the Washington Post both found a shred of credibility, like in a broom closet, and and, and quickly uh, uh, torched that to make sure they have none left. (laughs) We also got to talk about the new math that they're pushing in the state of California in schools. And if you haven't heard this, it's interesting. And, you know, it starts in California and spreads to other states. So it might be coming to your schools also. It's horrible. It's almost unbelievable. It's almost like I dreamed it and woke up and thought, oh, that was weird. If you miss an hour of this show, grab the podcast Armstrong and Getty on demand. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This is rising to the level of impeachment inquiry, which provides Congress the strongest power to get the rest of the knowledge and information needed. Because this president has also used something we have not seen since Richard Nixon, used the weaponization of government to benefit his family and deny Congress the ability to have the oversight. So that's Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy dropping an eye-bomb last night on Sean Hannity. And talking about an impeachment inquiry, which uh, is flipping on MSNBC, for instance, this morning. They're talking about <laughs> right-wing Republicans apparently have pushed Kevin McCarthy. He had to throw out impeachment to satisfy the right wing of his block. Or mm, okay, or this is starting to look like the sort of thing where you got to investigate what the hell's going on. Uh, more on that in a second. I don't want to be uh, guilty of what I've been complaining about for the last several weeks. So, or for the last several years, or my entire life. Um, so I was, I was, uh, I was flipping on the cable news channels this morning, and anything not Fox, nonstop Trump indictment stuff. I will use the I word instead of the we word. I will only speak for myself. I'm not ignoring the Trump indictment thing. It's just nothing new there. We talked about it a lot when he mentioned the letter. An indictment is coming. And if you remember how this rodeo works, because we've been through it twice already, there'll be big blockbuster news that Trump has been indicted. We still won't know what the charges are, though. Then you wait days or a week or however long, and then you get the charges, and then you've got something to talk about. But there's nothing to talk about right now. He's going to be indicted again over what we're not sure. Right. Right. Well, it's just they're talking about it for the same reason uh, people talk about uh, sex or, or sports or whatever. They really, really love talking about it. There's nothing happening. Or the sport of sex. It's just, wow. So um, the National Sex League championships. But there is news happening on the other side with the Biden crime family. There's new stuff coming out every single day that should be discussed, but it's not making it into the news at all. Again, unless you're Fox, the New York Post. Let's uh, let's start here. Do you remember uh, this? This has been asked of Joe Biden many, many times. The answer has always been the same. I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business. Over and over and over again, he has said, I've never spoken to my son about his business. And so that question got asked again yesterday in the newsroom. See if you know. I want to I want to point out that that included when Hunter flew with Joe all the way to China 
aboard Air Force Two, and then got millions and millions of dollars of investments from China. At no point did Joe Biden ever say, so what are you going to do in China? (laughs) He never (laughs) spoke to his son about his overseas business dealings. So you're not, so you see, you don't think that if you flew with your kid to China, however, you know, how many hour flight that is at some point you might say, so uh, what are your plans for the day? Absolutely not. Not only that, if my son were to say, so dad, this should be interesting in China, I'd say, ah, don't tell me a word. I don't want to hear a word about your overseas business dealings. <laughs> anyway, President Biden has been asked that question over and over again. Primarily by Fox. In fact, I think maybe exclusively by Fox or the New York Post. And he's always said, I've never spoken to my son about business dealings. So this came up again yesterday in the White House press room. Curious if the White House and the president still stand behind his comment that he's never been involved and has never even uh, spoken to his son about his. Business. So I've been I've been asked this question a million times. The answer is not going to change. The answer remains the same. The president ha- was never in business with his son. I just don't have anything else to add. Wait, wait a second. Mm. That's something. So that, that that is actually hilarious for you to say, oh, look, I've been asked that question a million times. The answer is not going to change. Now, here's a different answer than I've ever given. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's just absolutely oh, hilarious. You've been asking over and over if you're having an affair, you've always said no. And then you say, look, you've, been, you've asked me a million times if I'm having an affair. I'm going to give you the same answer I always give. The affair is over. What? (laughs) Wow. How long is it going to be before she says, oh, my gosh, I've answered this question so many times, and the answer has not changed. Joe Biden is not listed as a director in the formal (laughs) paperwork of any of Hunter's businesses. So Mark Halperin, in his great newsletter, writes today, this one tweet from the New York Times coming out of Monday's daily White House press briefing, is more laden with meaning than in the entire lyrics to Weekend in New England. I don't know what that means. But it's Peter Baker, the White House correspondent for the New York Times. This is the only coverage I think it got. But it's still considered a big deal. New York Times, he tweeted out, White House press secretary says Biden was, quote, never in business with his son, but does not actually say whether he was put on speakerphone when Hunter was conducting business and introduced to partners. So... Peter Baker of the New York Times is aware of the whole Devin Archer speaker phone dozens of times story. Didn't write a big story about it for the New York Times yet, but he's aware of the story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and he's obviously a man of awareness and conscience and, and intelligence and that sort of thing. I, I was listening to uh, the the, uh, the editor's podcast, which is excellent, the National Review guys, and they were talking about whether this sort of thing, it's the question we're always considering. Are these people like knowingly, intentionally, wildly biased, or are they just like so biased they don't understand how biased they are? And And one of the guys pointed out, and this is so easy to picture, that there is such a culture of this is okay and this is not okay. This is a, a legitimate inquiry. This is stupid right wing MAGA stuff that you just know. You don't say to your assignment editor, hey, you know, we probably ought to look into this whole uh, Hunter Biden being in business with his dad thing because their answers keep changing. You just, you would be looked at like you had suggested, I don't know, having. You know, having sex with a goat in the newsroom, people would, you would be shunned, you would be shoved aside, you would lose plum assignments, you know, you just don't go there. Right. Uh, can we hear that clip again? I want to make sure we're not being too hip for the room. Do you all understand what happened there? I hope I'm not being uh, patronizing and condescending here. But uh, they have always said, 
Joe Biden has never spoken to his son about his business dealings. Now it's this. Curious if the White House and the president still stand behind his comment that he's never been involved and has never even uh, spoken to his son about his. Business. So I've been I've been asked this question a million times. The answer is not going to change. The answer remains the same. The president ha- was never in business with his son. I just don't have anything else to add. They had never wow. S- she she says it in two different ways. The answer remains the same. It has not changed. Here's a different answer. <laughs> Oh, and if you had an even slightly curious White House press corps, the immediate follow-up to be to that would have been from somebody. Uh, that was a different answer, and it would have gone from there. But like you just discussed, nobody outside of Fox and the New York Post is interested in that at all. So there's a story out today, and then we can we can move on. But uh, there's a story out today that uh, Hunter. Received $1.6 million for his artwork with from a bunch of different people, including one of them they've nailed down as a giant um, uh, uh, part of Joe Biden's inner circle that got named to something or other, campaign donor, that sort of stuff, which is not surprising. So I'm supposed to believe he just, he just coincidentally, he's, uh, he's working in the Biden administration and he's donated a lot to the campaign and... Turns out Joe Biden's son paints the exact kind of art I really like and I'm willing to pay tons of money for. Well, and that Hunter is just such a surpassing genius that right. his art is worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. I know, of all the art that exists on planet Earth, the the yeah. one I'm going to spend five figures on or six figures on is uh, is Hunter Biden's art. So I don't know precisely what you have planned. I want to hear the Amy Robach stuff from Good Morning America in 2019 where she talks to Hunter about his qualifications because I find it dryly hilarious. After a quick word from our friends and sponsors, HelloFresh. HelloFresh wants you to have it all this summertime. Free time and fresh, tasty food. That's why they take care of the planning, shopping, and deliver the ingredients so everything you need to whip up a delicious meal arrives right to your door. HelloFresh makes it easy to reach your health goals with fresh and fit recipes that leave you feeling satisfied. But they got all they got a whole bunch of everything. And the ingredients travel from the the farm to your door in less than seven days for peak freshness. So many different kinds of recipes to choose from. Yeah, it's fabulous. Over 40 recipes to choose from every week of different sorts, you know, extra fit or vegetarian or whatever, uh, and family friendly. You'll never get bored of having the same old thing night after night, night after night. Anyway, you can sign up today for 50% off plus free shipping with the code Armstrong50 at HelloFresh.com slash Armstrong50. That's code Armstrong50 at HelloFresh.com slash Armstrong50. You can cancel any time, too, uh, but you're going to love it. HelloFresh.com slash Armstrong50. We may have left out the nut graph if you weren't listening to the show yesterday. Hunter Biden's best friend and former business partner, Devin Archer, is prepared to testify, according to the New York Post, that dozens of times Joe Biden was on a speakerphone or in other ways involved in business meetings when he and Hunter were there together. And he's willing to testify to that before Congress. He was supposed to testify this week. It got delayed. It is now scheduled for Monday, a week from yesterday, the 31st. Um, I'm a little concerned about, the. I mean, like if you're a fan of the Godfather movies, that there's, you know, the scene, oh. where, the, the scene where the guy's about to testify and all of a sudden they... They walk his brother into the back of the courtroom to let him know, hey, we're going to hurt your brother if you testify. And all of a sudden, the guy can't remember anything. 
I hope somebody hasn't gotten to Devin Archer with, hey, this is what's going to happen to you if you testify. Hashtag Biden body count. Well, I don't know about but I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. Oh, I'm not insinuating violence or anything, but maybe there's some sort of threat or payoff that they can offer him that would keep him from talking. I don't know. Right. But right. it's a well, little a concerning means. Sure. Yeah. It's a little concerning that he has delayed after saying such bombshell stuff. I think it's funny that you were worried about being too hip to the room. Then you use the term nut graph. A nut graph sounds like, you know, you got walnut consumption is here. You know, chestnut consumption is down there. And or you got a almonds get a weird thing happening and you go to the doctor and then he says, well, let me show you where you are on this nut graph. As you can see, you're at 85 percent. Right, exactly. Yes, yeah, indeed the the paragraph in a news story that lays out the salient facts you must know going forward. Anyway, yeah, we we probably should have pointed that out. Uh, so this is great. This is from 2019. Amy Robach talking to Hunter Biden on Good Morning America. Let's start with 24, Michael. What were your qualifications to be on the board of Burisma? Well, I was vice chairman of the board of Amtrak for five years. I was the chairman of the board of the UN World Food Program. I was a lawyer for Boyce, Schiller, Flexner, one of the most prestigious law firms in the world. You didn't have any extensive knowledge about natural gas or Ukraine itself, though. Uh, no, but I think that I had as much knowledge as anybody else that was on the board, if not more. They needed a better board. <laughs> I would say this in his defense. Um, I know somebody, uh, I won't get into the specifics, I wish I could, the specifics would be good, but I know somebody who's made a ton of money as bringing two, from bringing two parties together from an industry he knows nothing about, just because he's a negotiator. So yeah. he puts these people together with those people, he has no expertise in this industry whatsoever, he's just a, I'm a person that's good at bringing people together, and finding out what do you need, what do you need, finding common ground, and you know, putting together a contract. And he's made a so, ton of money doing that. So let's label this segment, Jack Leaps to the Defense of Hunter Biden, <laughs> who is worth $80,000 a month to a Ukrainian gas company. I'm just trying to be fair. And then I, I rarely respond to tweets or texts, but we get enough of these. I just got to throw it out there. We get these every single time we talk about this. Good Lord, who cares about Hunter Biden or blah, blah, blah. It's not about- You're either a partisan or too stupid. To I'm so I'm so sorry. That was over the line. I it's, apologize. It's not about Hunter. I don't care. But Hunter's a loser and a crackhead and ruined many many people's lives and probably has many more lives to ruin, including his own. But Hunter, you're a loser. I don't care, and it doesn't matter to America. But if his if this if the Biden family was getting money from foreign countries, including our enemies. For access to the president of the United States or the vice president of the United States. And if the Justice Department is treating him differently because his dad is president, that is a big, big, big deal. Not registering as a foreign agent, tax evasion, et cetera, et cetera, and the old man profiting mightily. He has gotten crazy rich in public service. Joseph R. Biden. He's absolutely part of the Biden family business. They've been lying about it the whole time. Maybe Just you're hit, a... Hit a Maybe, maybe you people are trolls or something. I just I feel like some of you don't understand. As Jonathan Turley says, if this if half of this is true, this is giant. It's as big as Watergate. It absolutely is. Anyway, we've got a lot more on the way. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Got 
got a bunch of different things we got to get to today, including uh, the new woke math in California. Well, I don't. I got to. I got to look into this. Coming to my kids' school, I already have trouble with the the new Common Core math. I can't add more layers of difficulty. California is off the deep end in terms of public education. We've got a great featurette coming up. Uh, later in the show about the state, uh, uh, what's his name? The what's his title? The state head of uh, you know California schools appeared at a Chino California school board meeting to try to talk them out of one of those measures, saying, "Hey, you can't hide the fact that my kid claims to be transgender from me," for instance. And he tried to tell them, "Oh, you're going to make the kids commit suicide and blah blah blah," and they ran his arse out of there. Great stuff. Anyway, uh, so California's bizarre twists in education coming up, plus white fonting. Are you white fonting? Should you be white fonting? Is it racist? What? Are you a white fontist today with us? And I hope not. That and, well, maybe or you I should. Hope so. Uh, I don't know. That and other idiotic, annoying trends in the modern workplace. Stay with us. So this is kind of funny. Speaking of media bias, as we often are, the New York Times had a big piece that got a fair amount of attention. I guess it popped up yesterday. Study of elite college admissions data suggests being very rich is is its own qualification. And they dug deep into the admissions policies of your so-called elite universities, your Ivy League schools. And, uh, and, and one of their lead assertions was that if you're in the top 1%, you're 34% more likely to be admitted than the average applicant. And they get into legacies and that sort of stuff. And some of it's pretty legit. But uh, as a number of folks have uh, tweeted, for instance, when they drill down into the numbers, what becomes clear is you really don't have any advantage or very, very little unless you're in the top tenth of 1%. You're really, really rich. And I think the top 1% is something around like $600,000 in family income, or it, it changes, 450, something like that. It's, it's in that range, your middle six figures. Um, but if you look at the graph, your likeliness to be admitted is significantly better than average if you're in the, uh, the poorest tenth. Gets even better if you're in the next tenth, about the same in the next tenth, about the same in the next tenth. Then it descends, and the middle class is less and less likely to be admitted until you're at the about the seventy fifth percentile in income. You're significantly less likely to be admitted in the eightieth, less likely than that in the ninety third percentile. You're the lowest likelihood of admission of any American. Wow. Then it kind of bounces up, and just that last teeny, teeny, teeny slice is like the entire, uh, you know, bulk of what makes it more likely for the quote unquote one percent. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like the last tenth of one percent has all the gains practically. Right. So if you're doing fairly well and you got a super smart, hardworking kid, you have almost no chance. <laughs> Psst. If they're white, it's a lot worse. Wow. So, yeah, it's funny. The New York Times, that was not their lead. That was not what they asserted that they had asserted. But that's pretty clearly what's going on. And the and and I, I keep saying this, but the, the institution that lectures us the most, the absolute most about inequality and fairness and, and white supremacy and all this stuff is the most we let rich white people in oh, yeah. <laughs> of any institute in America. 
Yeah, I read an editorial by some Harvard professor explaining why legacies were a good thing. And it, it was essentially that, well, it's incredibly expensive to provide such a fine elite education. Nah, we need nah, the nah. legacies and their generous, generous parents. No, you don't. He said that $65,000 or so that it costs to go to Harvard, 80, whatever. It's like a third of what it really costs. Yeah, bull bleep. <laughs> uh, if you miss an hour, grab the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.